Welcome to Hi Bob, the officially unofficial podcast for For All Mankind on Apple TV Plus. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking season four, episode eight, Legacy. Uh, Aaron, what'd you think of this episode? Well, I've been chicken littling for the last couple weeks about the show and how I was really worried it was losing me. And I don't take anything back from what I've said the last couple weeks, but a lot of my predictions or a lot of my worries for this episode did not materialize. I think we have a very clear cut plan that we can follow. Um, I, I still have a lot of misgivings for how we got here, but as we've talked about before, sometimes, you know, how you arrive somewhere is much less important than is the destination where you arrive stupid or dumb. And I think this is a, it's a pretty good setup. Um, it's it's interesting where they they cut the episode because as I was literally like, how in the fuck is Sam going to? They they set this up to be an impossible task, like, and everyone's watching her. How in the world is this going to happen? Uh, and and I'm very curious to, to to see that. But but I yeah, on I liked this episode a lot more than I didn't. I I still think there's a couple of like leaps, um, and maybe the yada yada stuff that sh- may be important, but not nearly to the extent that I was afraid that was going to happen. So I'm, I'm kind of like fully engaged with uh, all parts of the plot at this point. What about you? Yeah, I'm with you. Um, aside from some questions about uh, the security around Margo, I think I'm very much on board with what they're doing in this. And yeah, I was happy to see there's a heist with uh, stakes and uh, procedures we can follow. All that stuff is going to be, really fun to watch uh if this were a stealth mission in a video game i'd probably you know pick everybody off one by one right like right. excuse myself to go to the bathroom and then make my way back to the bridge yeah. just picking people off uh Choke tying out them Palmer. up uh-huh yeah stuff him in an airlock yep yep uh but i don't think she's gonna have that ability so i i really have no idea how she's gonna swap that out but it's kind of fun to guess and to wonder um, so yeah, I, I really like this episode. I, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I feel like, you know, some of the ground we had to drive over to get here was pretty rough, but I'm enjoying this episode. So no complaints. Well, okay. Um, is there, do, should we just get right to the episode or do I think we, so. I, mean, I mean, okay. Cause yeah, I guess talk I, about it as we go. Yeah, there's there's things I'm not so sure about, but uh, I mean, might as well get to them in the in the context of the episode. Yeah, let's go pick off these scenes one by one in our stealth mission. You're listening to Hi Bob. We'll be right back. Here are the highlights coming up this week on Bald Move. All new Pulp and Prestige this week. On Tuesday, we'll cover the latest episode of The Walking Dead, The Ones Who Live on Pulp. And on Thursday, we'll catch up with the latest Samurai subterfuge on FX Hulu's Shogun. Then on our House of the Dragon feed, Anthony puts on his Maester's class on Monday. And then on Thursday, Steve joins him for Electric Bookaloo as they continue their discussion of George R.R. Martin's A Clash of Kings. Find these and many of our other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pulp or Prestige in your favorite podcast app. Rick, how you doing, buddy? You, you don't know what it's like out there. 
Hey, man, d do you even know what it's like out there? N no, n not really. I've been mostly kind of flying around in helicopters, carbon likenesses of Michonne and the cell phones, that kind of thing. What is it like out there? Oh, well, I think it's time to find out, man. Last I saw your wife, Michonne, was out uh, following a giant wagon train. That, that sounds pretty weird, but it seems like a family-friendly outfit. I mean, she's got RJ and Judah with her, right? Um, actually, she kind of left them to be raised by... Negan and Daryl. Well, crap. Hold on, let me get my boots. All right, well, Rick is getting ready. Aaron and I are, too. We're preparing to once again recommission the Watching Dead out of mothball status to find out what's going on with Rick and Michonne, the ones who live. The six-part miniseries premieres Sunday, February 25th on AMC, and we'll be ready with our full episodic coverage each Tuesday. And afterwards, who knows? Maybe we'll check out Dead City. Find our coverage for The Ones Who Live by searching for The Watching Dead or Bald Move Pulp wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, Bob. Welcome back to more For All Mankind. Uh, Sergey wakes up next to his wife and goes about his very pleasant day going to work at the high school where he teaches. He goes home that night, has a perfectly pleasant evening until he hears Margot's prepared speech on the news, uh, her defector speech. He gets the paper the next day and reads about her on the front page. Suddenly, that's all he can think about. And eventually, he decides to head south to see her. Um, Sergey definitely settled down with a Margot type. Would you say that's fair to say? Uh, yeah, I could see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting that uh, the high school he teach at is Spiro T. Agnew. That's the vice president of Richard Nixon who resigned in disgrace, and that was it for him uh, in American politics. But never had any of that stuff in this timeline. So mm -hmm. Richard Nixon is just uh, uh, a, a, a very, I think, popular U.S. president. Uh, and his administration has, uh, has, even his vice president's gotten high schools named after him. Yeah, they're really painting a picture here of a guy who is not compelled by his current life. He's he's not excited about living the life he's living. I mean, the show that he's watching is called Just Shoot Me. It's that old <laughs> David Spade sitcom. Yeah, sure. Like, that says something, right? And you look at but him and the way he looks at his students, and he's just not fulfilled. So I feel like in this little cold open that there was a like an uh a b a bmam type of thing uh, mm -hmm. uh before margo after margo and i felt like that a lot of his discontent was when he found out margo is alive and a defector it didn't yeah, it seem got... like he was that unhappy with i wasn't getting huge like season one walter white vibes from him before the press conference or am i crazy really? i don't know i was i was i mean just the way i guess he's uh i i, I don't know i mean it's it, like i said it seems like a pleasant life but i don't think that's necessarily it's certainly not running ross cosmos the rocket center and putting people on the moon and yeah it's it's definitely and, not that for sure and i look at the way he reacts when his students are not taking to his teaching uh all but one of them and he just kind of is like, ah, well, what can I do? I have a question about that one. 
do you think the eager beaver teacher's pet type of student is going to be significant going forward? I don't think so. The only reason I ask is that this show has had a very long running tradition of showing how the the current and previous generations impacts the generations going forward. You know, you think about Margot with Van Braun, you think of Aleda with Margot, uh, you think of like Kelly with Ed, and now you've got Ed and Alex. Um, they haven't really developed Sergey much as it's his own character, but it would be interesting if like going forward, this, this young woman in his class is going to be, you know, she's right in the middle of kind of rocket city uh rocket central and she's being trained by one of the best russian rocket men uh i wouldn't be surprised if they're setting her up to be a margo slash aleda for future seasons man because it's like the camera uh, kind of like wanted you to notice her too yeah for sure uh they spend a fair bit of time on her i just can't i can't see it i mean it depends on i guess where sergey and margo's story goes from here but We'll see, because like the first time we saw Leda, it was just like, oh yeah, or we're watching a Mexican family watch the moon landing, and she was just kind uh, of like, we didn't, we didn't see her panic attacks, didn't see any of her other like. So it's like I, I, I just yeah, I, I, they, they, I, it would be, it would be wild to me for them to abandon their storytelling of like the mm-hmm. generations impacting future generations impacting. So I don't know, something to look out for. Yeah, maybe I didn't, I didn't. I didn't, I, you know, IMDb does not, that's, you know, we're like two weeks ahead. This is the furthest we've been ahead to prepare for Christmas. And it's surprisingly useless for finding, you know, like if you want to look up uh, the cast and crew for episode 408 of For All Mankind, sure, they've got like the the regular run, but like these people like this, like they didn't have Bob from UHF last week. Um but yeah, yeah, I wonder if uh, I, I want to look her up to see if she's been in other things, because obviously if she's had a lot of speaking roles or she's an up and coming actor, then but well, we'll see. I'm keeping an eye on her. All right. Uh, how much does his wife know about his former life? I think she's clued into. I don't think from. she knows a goddamn thing the way she acted about Margot. You know, uh-huh. that wasn't like, isn't that your old flame from the Johnson Space Center? Is more of like, oh, wasn't she the, I thought she died. And no, nah, I think she's completely in the dark. I, Do you think she knows he's a Russian defector or? I don't even think that. Like, because if you knew your like husband's it. a Russian defector, like that conversation goes a lot differently. Yeah, <laughs> right. No, I'm with you. It doesn't seem like she knows much of anything, which makes me wonder what, you know, secret, uh, what what new and, identity he's come up with with the help of the well, U.S. government. Well, that's what I'm saying. If, I was going to say, if, if, if he got, like, black bag rescued by the CIA and special forces, it's entirely likely that he's doing essentially the same thing that Margot's doing in Russia, which is living mm-hmm. essentially in witness protection. You know, they don't want those persons walking around uh, causing international scenes. Yeah. Uh, so let's go up to Happy Valley where Ed tries to convince Sam that their fight isn't over and that she should talk with Dev and him. And Palmer rolls into the bar, uh, Miles Bar, declares it shut down. Apparently security is tight on the base now and they're sealing off levels four and five. And that kind of gets Sam to agree to talk. Is it weird to you that 
Miles stabbed Ilya in the back, took over his entire operation and his bar at gunpoint, essentially, and Sam is just totally cool chilling at this bar. Yes, it's that's weird. It's, it's like weird, I, right? I, again, She's I friends don't... with Ilya pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, but but that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like they've really told about half the story in twice in, in, in half the time they probably would take to tell that story. And and yeah, that's uh, I'd expect some nasty looks or something because that, that felt really weird to me. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know, maybe Ilya gave Miles his uh, blessing once Miles took over. It's also weird to just shut this place down but not take anybody into custody. It's like, you know, there's a, there's crimes being committed here, but we're just going to shut the place down and leave it at that. Uh, you know, how does Miles... Like, they know about this, but they don't know about Miles' other operation. Do they think that this is the only thing? Did... They get his information from Ilya because he was one of the first ones to cross the line. But I don't know. And I don't know that the writers care about it enough. So eh. mm-hmm. um, yeah. what do you think about Ed's wry observation that sometimes you need the enlightened few to lead the masses? Don't bother yeah. with raising everyone's class conscious. You know better than them. <laughs> so, yeah. Another weird thing in this scene to talk to the person who was just trying to form a union um yeah and push back on that idea but yeah i it seems like it's the show's thesis almost you know you need well, but you i need think people it's... good people in positions of power to do the right thing from time to time and just lead us into i the don't know because to me this this feels like like some george R. orwell like finger wagging at progressive movements that it's like it's easy to run ahead of your popular support if you start thinking that you know better than them and you know you just need to you just need to you need to just grab the steering wheel by force maybe and and steer it for a while and everything will be fine like i feel like that's how you end up with animal farm type shit that's how you end up with 1984 type shit because you never catch up to running that far ahead um yeah, but does the show know that? Like, and you can never trust. Yeah, I, I, I'm not defending that position. I'm simply saying the show yeah. seems to be saying that that is the case. You need brilliant people like Dev to do an altruistic thing, e- even if it's for bad motivations. Sometimes, you know. Yeah, no, the show feels like it's trying to triangulate to some kind of middle position on everything, where it's like, well, obviously you can't have too much capitalism, but obviously unbridled socialism and and labor movements are insane and. You know, they're they're trying to kind of just go down that uh, just just right down that middle path. And and I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how everything's going to line up on that. Mm-hmm. But this goes back to like yeah. last episode, me and kind of being concerned with like the labor movement was always shown as like the crisis jeopardy terror music and the the helio slash NASA side was always heroic, triumphant, overcoming Mm-hmm. type of like vibe and it's like hmm yeah and i think it has to do with you know motivations like i said it's show has characters with certain motivations and it's really leaning on those even if their actions are I, and then like it's, it's a, so, why we're on a subject of weird things like i am truly surprised that the organized crime connection to the organized labor hasn't been made like if you needed to crack some skulls to get people back in line whereas you know, miles 
brute squad would be great for that the north korean brute squad and if you paid him enough money mm-hmm. he'd do it so it's like yeah but maybe they didn't, that's they what's didn't, gonna they didn't really develop any of that up on ranger you're gonna have uh something doc the north koreans are gonna bust out of their shuttle into the ranger and take over the bridge <laughs> yeah yeah they're gonna somehow get that capsule and uh-huh the prison the prison capsule refurbished and in, in orbit yeah you never never expect the north koreans yeah who knows what they're working on over there no i i feel but it's yeah, weird it's... like the when they have all these like mo- moving parts when you go away for entire episodes it's like well, what did north koreans do how did miles placate them with the the wife ca- uh the, the smuggling and, and how is he doing that now under the higher security like is his power base going to evaporate is it but no it does feel like uh, a lot of that rough ground that we rolled over in the middle of this season is kind of coming back to haunt the show because yeah i i have those questions right like why is this this way when we saw something that should have been you know completely the opposite now but they did just enough they did just enough world building to be dangerous Mm -hmm. um and the other thing about follow through on that the other thing about how the 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 strike was was quashed and destroyed is it's is it weird that this show which beat the labor the the hollywood union strike the screen actors guild strike and the the actors or, and and the writers guild strike is it weird that this show tend, had the extremely pessimistic take on a labor union or labor movement and it's on the back of a successful very successful labor battle that just concluded Um, I don't know because I wouldn't say it was totally defeated, right? I mean, they got a lot out of that strike. They got at least the, the first hundred fo- folks. Yeah, they, they got a bunch of pay bumps and benefit bumps and bonuses. And I'd say it's fairly successful, as successful as the writer strike. Well, then I mean, why was it, it framed the as power the power structure then, inverted? Then, then, no, but then I don't understand why that was framed as the labor uh, movement being destroyed and crushed. Like that should have well, been framed these, as we came to an accommodation. So there was 104 people striking and only these four people Apparently. were left out in the cold. I'd see, yeah. this is horseshit. <laughs> ah, okay, we gotta move on or I'm gonna start a reopening old boons. I mean, that seems like what the numbers are, but yeah. And again, yeah. it's like it's like it, the gall of this show while their brothers and sisters are out in the street striking to be like, oh, you know, when the billionaires come with a godfather offer, they're just gonna fall in line. And and pull apart. It's like ah, it just this it doesn't sit well with me. Hmm. Okay, uh, let's move on to Dev telling Ed and Sam uh, Ed that Sam is the key to their plan as they kind of stroll the halls here, and they find Alex and Kelly waiting in Ed's quarters for him. She's apparently going on a mission, and he's watching Alex reluctantly. Uh, and he and Dev decide they need to find a babysitter. Just immediately pawn his grandson off on someone else. I know. Else. Ed's just, I don't. <sighs> okay. I know, I know he's organizing an asteroid theft, but come on, man. He's he's implicating his grandson in the asteroid theft. Oh, I know. I, Kelly's going so pissed. His grandson, oh, yeah, that the scenes of her just out, just beaming with pride and satisfaction over her science mission while her dad is, you know, being a fucking pirate. Yeah. Literal pirate with Robber Baron Dev. Uh, oh, geez. <laughs> uh, it's, I think, worth noting here that Alex seems to like Dev more than Ed at this point. Well, well yeah. I that mean, might change they actually the had end, a... But... 
they had a moment on the the lander um and devs never respected his spaghetti autonomy disrespected his his uh uh so i yeah i I guess that makes sense and i think that moment with alex uh on the way over to mars was kind of to show dev is good with kids you know he's he's charming not with just with adults but he can speak to children and he he gives ed i think some real and good advice in this episode uh Mm -hmm. later on about how to deal with alex and i think those were just supposed to connect the dots right yeah i this but you know ed's a he's a big boomer parent so like i i can't imagine my son bringing his son to me and i'm watching him for the first time and we've had some rocky first meetings and he's under taking so much medication because he's got all these special needs right and me to just immediately start what's all this fucking complicated i i couldn't even manage my schedule enough to know that i was actually supposed to be grandpa today but i'm going to have a strong opinions on how mm-hmm. like Ed, I just, all I take is HGH. What does he need also, all this stuff for? <laughs> the gall of him to cite his parenting skills, which uh, led to the premature death of one of his child. He, he pressured one child into the grave. Yeah, uh, and he had to tr- totally reevaluate his life on the other when she didn't want to go to the school he wanted her to go to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, had a fucking meltdown, caused uh-huh. a fan- got, like giant family, scary family conflict. It's like you, oof. Yeah, Ed, he's uh, he's been a lot this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I feel like he's he's headed in a better trajectory though. Like they've they've done a uh, capture mission on Ed's grandparenthood i guess and they're kind of pushing that in the right direction at the end of this episode so yeah but is it like is he really changed or is he just sure. happy that his grandson helped him with grand theft astro because uh-huh. <laughs> that's what it feels like that oh alex is useful to me and now i'm warmed up to him he like alex took a bunch of big steps giant steps towards him and he hasn't taken relatively small steps towards his grandson so i don't know mm-hmm. that, that i i'm i am not going to let my guard down with ed for the rest of the season i'm just going to assume he's going to be a turd yeah uh the old saying you can't teach an old dog new tricks i i think that probably applies to ed he's a pretty yeah. old dog the dog's got to be willing and open for growth and this dog seems very calcified and <laughs> unwilling to do those things you know who you can change though is the young dogs and boy i felt bad for alex when he's asking his mom as she's leaving you'll come back right yeah like, this kid has serious abandonment issues and then later you know he's scared it's not just of the dark I, he said it's of ed looking like a bear but to me it's also worried about his mom not coming back worried about this guy just sure yelling at him for running away it's right yeah it's all I kinds of no things. place to fit in uh, so let's go back to Earth, where Eli walks Margot to the conference room where some of the M7 are waiting. She says hi to some of her old employees, but they're very cold to her. Uh, I like that she has two two different nationalities of guard here. It's pretty good. Yeah, she's got the, the Marine and the KGB. Uh, mm-hmm. But they emphasize the, the amount of guard and security that she's under. Just, just keep keep this in mind. Uh, yeah. and then, but this is all about the bullfinch's prophecy coming true, like that no one you are going to be feared and distrusted by everyone. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then she's she's going to brief the the rest of the M7 here on their plan to capture the asteroid. And we kind of get... I, yeah, I like this, this dual explanations that you get. It's like... Yeah, it's like three explanations, right? You got Margo down in the... And Aleda down in the uh, right. briefing room. You've got Danielle up on Happy Valley uh, briefing her people. And then you got Dev briefing the heist team. Reminded me a lot of in Mission Impossible 2 where you've got uh, Duggery, Scott, you know, like... like um, uh, Tom Cruise is explaining the Mission Impossible mission, and then Duggery Scott is explaining the counter mission. And like, if I know Ethan Hunt, and I do, mm -hmm. it's yeah, like there, it 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 feels it it lets you feel maximum clever because you're getting all the angles from all the sides. And I like that they have this extra layer of security in the process. It doesn't feel artificial, right? Like so much has gone on on Happy Valley that they are rightly, I think, afraid that someone could interfere with this plan the, some you know disgruntled workers some other I don't, aliens who knows what uh, but they yeah, have yeah, this yeah. layer of security with the encryption box it's uh, cause and effect it's move counter move you know like you locked yeah. us out of our systems the Russian locked us out of our systems we are we are not going to have this happen to us ever again right even though there isn't you know without that strike that labor movement stuff there wouldn't be much reason to do a discriminator thing like why Everybody's working right. for the same goal here, right? But not yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty good. I and thought, I like I, the I, fact that it's it's made tougher. Th their plan now is made tougher by the labor union's uh, strike. Yes, that I do like. I am... One thing I was a little unconvinced by is some of the mechanisms of the plot look like they were invented just so it would be easy to follow. It's like, we we want to reduce this hard thing to Miles stacking cereal on top of motherboards and Sam sleight of handing a command module. Um, Interesting. Something that's which, easy Which parts easy do you follow. think were reductive? I'm I did, like discriminator, like, is that... Just like a box that <sighs> so, so, so like Okay, here, here it is. Happy Valley doesn't have the computing power to calculate a, tra a, a trajectory burn. No, nah, I'm pretty talk. sure that's yeah. bullshit. So the only mm. way you could possibly do it is have Earth send this information on like a 22-minute uh, light delay. And, yeah, Mar Margo and, could calculate this on a, a crumpled and, up And the napkin. Rangers just listening to the whole universe, and the only one the voice it knows to listen to is this discriminator box. Like, I this seems like invented bullshit, but at least it's... Yeah, that ring really <sighs> falls to me. I'm with you. Yeah, uh, but, uh, but at least it's consistent power. bullshit, you know? Yeah, come yeah, on. This 2000, is 2003. Right. To, right. To compute a, a bur an orbital burn, I don't know about all that. That seems, yeah. But it's like I said, it, it seemed, you know, in, in much the same way that Quidditch and Harry Potter exist because J.K. Rowling has no idea how sports work. So this is like, fuck it. I can understand this and people can follow it. I feel like I'm seeing the Quidditch version of, spy, of, of space piracy rather than you know a compelling a compelling case of one which i think they've done better yes. in previous seasons but again for sure for sure at least we have consistent moving parts we understand the plan now if they fuck up that i'm going to be really pissed because you've already made it as easy as you can but 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 yeah it's like all i got to do is get the ops center built Mm -hmm. Your duplicate uh, Bellagio vault, right? You're going to do that, and then you got to get the 
the discriminator box, and that, that's that's the only they thing need we need Lee to, to get in there and do a backflip. Exactly, uh, those, land on that's some what shelves. they're doing. Yeah. They're oceans elevening this uh-huh. Mars this this Mars mission. Yeah, totally. Uh, it's tough in a show that attracts an audience that I think is mostly technically minded to kind of skip details or fudge things. Right, that's one of the things mm-hmm. I loved about Mister Robot is they so rarely ever fudged a technical detail. They sweated them big time. Yeah. And here I would think that you would want the same, right? Sweat the details well, on the tech stuff cuz a lot of times watching well. Mr. Robot was was directly adapting public hacks that happened and they're just, you know, fire, True. you know, make make it apply to Mr. Robot and 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 I really think that's one of the things that um, made the first part of For All Mankind is they're just kind of cribbing from NASA history and extrapolating whereas now they're kind of this is late late season Game of Thrones or they're having to make up a lot of stuff and it's not as compelling as the stuff you got real history for. So sure. Now we're you know, we don't have fusion drive. We don't have fusion reactors. This is science fiction technology and you're it's starting to sound a little bit more like Star Trek with Technobabble. So uh, should we should should we run down the plan, I guess, yep. for everybody? Because yeah, I, I did want to talk about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so so the idea is, like you said, there's not enough computing power up on Mars to uh, calculate the trajectory, the burn that they need to do to get this asteroid on a trajectory toward Earth. So they're going to do it at NASA. They're going to send that data signal up to Ranger to automate this burn. Um, and there is this box that's going to decode the signal and make sure it's coming from an authorized source called the Discriminator. And the plan, that that's the plan for NASA, for the M7, for Danielle's crew. The heist plan here is to swap out that discriminator box with their own dummy version that they can uh, they can then grab the uh, discriminator from the ranger. I think I think this is the plan. Grab the discriminator from the ranger, authorize the signal that they're sending, modify it, and send it to their own box. Is that yes. what they're trying to do, or are they just trying to fabricate an entirely different signal? They're going to fabricate an entirely different signal from their op center, but if so, they'll receive it at their opscom. They'll receive the real signal. They'll give it the thumbs up. Yep, everything worked just fine, and NASA will be will be happy with that. And then they'll send their own signal to the ranger to give it the real yeah, burn that so they want. My question, yes. My question is. If it truly is a matter of not having enough computing power, then how does having a second op center on Mars help out at all? Yeah. Like, is 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 Dev just doing this with a slide rule? Really, he worked all this yeah. out on the way, too. That's and what I'm saying. Like, Margo could. Dev maybe could. Uh, uh, Elena could. Yeah. If there's not enough computing power on all of Mars, I don't know if a person would slide. That's the thing. It's like they're... They're, I mean, I've seen they're the Martian, convincing right? me that it's not possible to do, and they haven't convinced me that there is anything. Like they haven't even said that. Like Dev's got this all worked out. He's got it's not going to be a twenty-five minute. There's no twenty-minute burn. It's going to be a twenty-five-minute burn. So like, I don't understand how the secondary op center gets around the lack of computing, and they haven't assuaged my concern that they need the computing because they've just they've you know no, all the smart I, people I think say that's they do. Complete bullshit. Yeah, I, I don't buy it. Second. When does NASA know the jig is up? Like to me, are is it going? Are they going to try to like like if before we actually see it happen? Do you think that they're going to get twenty minutes into the burn and everything's everyone thinks it's going to be a okay, and then the burn doesn't stop? It's like oh my god, the engines aren't over. We can't override it. Oh, the signals come. Or do you think the second that the uh, the second the shadow ops 
uh, goes into the ghost ops. As soon as that spins up, do you think NASA is going to be like, oh, we got a pirate signal? What the hell? Oh my it's God, the discriminator is not working. To do the latter, because um, it's too late to stop it once it happens, right? Um, so, so if you want my- the tension of NASA knows and we have to keep this burn going, otherwise we're screwed. Yeah, you need to do the latter. So NASA said it because we said this a couple weeks ago, like, man, they're really setting up an opportunity to fuck up a burn and hit a planet with an asteroid. And we thought it's like, oh, wouldn't it be interesting if they're going to use Earth as a slingshot? Apparently, they're using Mars as a slingshot. If NASA is able to override that burn at the 2230 mark, I wonder if they're going to set up a situation where the asteroid is now going to hit Earth unless... Happy Valley. Uh, yeah, I, I, I wonder if they're going to introduce. Do you, do you think there's going to be mean, an introduction of uh, either hitting Mars, because that's a possibility, or hitting Earth? If it happens, it would have to happen on the Ranger, right? There's nothing NASA can do. Once the burn hits 20 minutes and doesn't stop, NASA can't do anything. Because the, yeah. the time between... Like, they won't even know that the burn didn't stop it, until 22 dude, minutes or whatever true. after. It, 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 it has to be on the Ranger, and I can see people, like, literally trying to pull fuel hoses out of engines and, you know, th- yeah. things like that. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Do what they did on Happy Valley with the methane, right? Like, yeah, yeah let's just start jerry-rigging stuff. Why not? Up here in the Ranger, this life-supporting vessel. Um yeah, so I, it doesn't feel like Dev and Ed and Sam think that NASA or the Helios people will have a countermeasure. It's just like, oh, fuck, they burnt it for 25 minutes, we're fucked. I mean, they Where, might. If they, if they intercept the signal, and it it's a, it's a multi it, tens of minutes round trip for communication, like they won't know that the signal didn't make it to the Ranger until the burn is over, right? Why is it fully automated? Like, have we ever seen something in the history of the show where it's like not been an astronaut because that actually flips Ed, a switch? Or because Ed fucked up the capture mission so bad with his shaky joystick. So now they're, they're like, no, nah, we're not doing that again. No, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, it feels pretty writerly, and even with that, I can see definitely a bunch of holes for them to fall into if they're not careful. But I, I, I hope they're careful. I assume the the big tension. It, I mean, they could do the former thing where you know it just doesn't stop at the twenty minute mark. If the tension is all around getting the discriminator out of there, swapping that out, um, mm-hmm. and then once the discriminator's in, they just yada yada the rest of it because there's no real way to tell or stop any other plans. Yeah, it might be. We'll see. But yeah, either way, I think it'll be exciting. I do like, um, I, have we got to the point where, you know, one of the plans was to get, uh, have we got to the scene of them getting uh, Sam on the command deck? Yeah, there are a couple of scenes around, like, how they're going to get all their people into place, and that's one of them. I really like that, where Dev kind of, like, you know, he, no one suspects him of being on Mars' side because he just quashed the labor union, the labor movement. And now he's got this reason like, well, you can't reassign this qualified person. Like if we seem like we're penalizing a labor organizer, that's like six, six different flavors of illegal. Yeah. And kind of using NASA and Danielle's egalitarianism against them because she's like, yeah, you know, her heart was in the right place. And this would be a nice olive branch to show that there's no hard feelings and they're going to fuck them. They're going to stab him in the back. Like this changes Danielle's character, I think. 
the fact that she from her mind oh, once, she is once she realizes this bent over backwards mm-hmm. to help you people and then after you fucked us and you fucked us we we bent over one and, and they did the olive branch and not you 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 took that olive branch and you whittled into a knife and you put it in my back i think this is going to turn danielle into a much darker more cynical character which feels sad yeah I, yeah like i'm i'm bracing for the sadness in advance but i don't see how i don't see how how she avoids it yeah i'm with you it's uh it's gonna be a blow to her worldview but i yeah I, now that i'm thinking about it boy we're running out of time in this season huh we Next really episode are is gonna be the heist and the then, heist then and then maybe the fallout of that uh but it doesn't feel got, like we're gonna get a huge amount of fallout because we're gonna jump ahead another decade or so but like it's it's clear that like just Mars taking the asteroids not the end of it. They're probably another like we talked about like can you just invade Mars? Can you do this and that? Like I it feels like it's going to take a whole episode to do the heist and then you know a lot of times with the finale you'll have an hour and a half, but still to get the asteroid yeah, to a but... state where you can toss that to another season and everybody think that like oh, okay, Earth and Mars have worked that's that's a tall order for 2 to 3 2 ish hours of television yeah i i don't see it but i'll be pleasantly surprised if they can pull it off and i'll be a little bit disappointed if it is all left for the between season stuff you know for the for the montage that we get at the beginning of next season telling yeah. us how the nation's reacted and and what you yeah. know uh and and you know a headline earth fires nukes at mars like that's that's not mm. exciting it's Mm-mm. cool yeah i i, I want to know that there was fallout but i'd want to see it yeah yeah, that's not the kind of thing you want to yada yada through the passage of time montage for sure. But we don't have time to get there, so I, I do wonder how they're going to set the status quo for the next season in these next. Two I episodes. was very impressed of how they resolved the moon crisis in season two. Like I remember thinking going to that, it's like my god, you've got the orbital dance with the anti-missile system you've got the russian invasion of the moon base you've got the reactor leak and like how in the and then like what an international (laughs) fiasco and danielle's mission with coups like Mm -hmm. this is a lot and they fucking did it so danielle's just gonna walk up shake dev's hand uh, shake sam's (laughs) hand in orbit orbit of the martian asteroid uh, Uh as gorbachev uh tearfully takes the country back from the hardliner and arena's imprisoned Sergey and Margot kiss. Beautiful. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. His wife looks on. What the fuck, man? Yeah, I was gonna say that's that's uh <laughs> that's a rough happy ending for her. Uh-huh. For the uh the fo the Fogo, the 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 faux Margot. Uh, yeah. Fogo de Chow. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how they wrap this season up, but it's looking like it's gonna be a race to the end. They're gonna have to capture the plot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And do a twenty minute burn to slow it down so that we can we can we yeah, can Yeah, maybe uh, Ron Moore has a plan to steal mm. the plot, steal the last episode of this season. Ron Moore is on a rocket to Hollywood and he found out that like I I, I, I need I need to be I need my boots on the ground for to, to land this finale. Yep. <laughs> T minus three seconds until the ad. FX is adapting James Clavell's best-selling novel, Shogun, into a 10-part miniseries this spring. 
Set in the shogunate period of Japan at the turn of the 15th century, Shogun depicts the rise of a feudal lord to Shogun, as seen through the eyes of a shipwrecked English sailor. It's loosely based on the real-life exploits of William Adams and Tokugawa Ieyasu. Shogun has already been successfully adapted back in 1980 with a widely acclaimed miniseries starring Richard Chamberlain, featuring intricate plots, political scheming, complex characters, and thrilling action. This time, husband and wife team Justin Marks and Rachel Kondo try to recapture the successes of the novel and early adaptations while increasing the levels of historical and cultural accuracy that are often perceived as flaws of this and similar works. Starring Hiroyuki Sanada from The Last Samurai, Mortal Kombat, and John Wick 4, with Cosmo Jarvis of Peaky Blinders, Raised by Wolves, etc., joining the truly massive cast required to bring this complex world to life. Join Aaron and I each week as we deep dive into each episode, uncovering the mysteries, the intrigue, and the glory of Shogun. Shogun premieres on FX Hulu Tuesday, February 27th at the two-part debut. Our podcast will release each Thursday thereafter. Get our Shogun coverage by searching for Bald Move Prestige in your favorite podcast app. Touchdown, and we're back. Uh, all right. So we talked about that. We, I mean, Miles gets on board too at some point um which i think happens in this sequence right oh sam says she knows the guy uh who can quietly well, we, get equipment we... off of the phoenix yeah 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 because we still got to do a whole bunch of margo stuff yeah uh let's go back to nasa for margo she tries to ask about Alita's family but Alita tells her that she doesn't get to ask about them anymore fair enough well it would be fair enough if Alita weren't hanging around baiting just waiting for Margot to open her mouth so she could smack her in it I mean I don't hate that <laughs> she probably deserves it but why are you sticking around if you don't want her to talk about anything just leave just give her the cold shoulder I mean that feels uh, petty that business I mean also like setting a boundary she's you know uh, she's eager to set the boundary but the boundary needed to be set um I guess my question is, as we this plot develops, I think Margot did a really shitty job of explaining her situation to Aleda. She left a lot of shit out, a lot of mitigating circumstances. Yeah. Would it feel like rationalization to it? If it were coming from Margot directly, would it feel like excuses Saying that and rationalization? The and... circumstances of me handing over our fusion engine technology was Sergey was being strangled on a hotel floor and I had 30 seconds to decide whether I wanted to watch this man who I love die mm-hmm. or give the technical details of like, I think you can say that. And I think, I don't know if Alita accepts it, but like that, apparently Margot is just like, well, you know, I... Uh, they, 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 they got me in a tight spot and I, I just, I just cooperated with them. Like, <sighs> yeah, but, but maybe Margo, they're trying to tell the story of Margo feeling like she deserves this at some point at that. And like, she doesn't want to give the mitigating circumstances. I could see that. Um, I, I also think, yeah, I, I liked it better coming from Sergey. Um, but yeah, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like Margo put up a big defense. And I guess the question is why? It does make her a lot, I guess, from an audience standpoint, it makes her a little bit more sympathetic that she doesn't go for that. Eat, you know, she didn't try to manipulate Alita into liking her. You know, she left She's off the mitigating circumstances. The hate, so right? that, and and yeah. it really drives home that point. Like you're going to be hated by everybody. 
and to have Aleda hating her I, I think really just makes that point yeah yeah uh, and then we go back up to Happy Valley where Ed tries to pick up Alex from the babysitter but he's disappeared and they search all over the base for him when they find him Ed immediately starts yelling at him and then he feels bad when he says he was just looking for Ed yeah Ed can't get a win with this kid man no like you, you pawn him off on a stranger and then the second that uh, this uh, you know that turns out that the 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 space botanist can't be trusted with children mm-hmm. uh, you scream at the child the second you find them like yeah it's pretty rough what what is the what is the responsibility here do you want to scare the kid into not running off again or do you want to rationally communicate with the child who may not understand how scary it is to have a it's child tough alone. like losing track of your child in the public space is um pretty nerve nerve-wracking but also this is I mars bet. i i thought ed yeah what's he gonna do I open thought, an airlock i mean that's what i'm saying like the child this isn't like fucking the mall where potentially a child molester is going to steal you steal them and be halfway across the country by the time you find out like i'm not saying there can't be child molesters on mars um statistically speaking there's like, a, there's like 500 there, people there sure. there'll be one or two you know but like yeah it just seems like it's you know i don't know going in full-blown crisis but ed also he's worried you know these fucking things up with kelly he's fucking things with his grand but then he's he's got that aware i don't know it's Ed's he's worried his chickens are coming home to roost he pawned that, this kid off on a babysitter and then so i want to him. say that that like none of this feels like it's coming from a sense of concern for his grandson at all is just about like oh shit how does this impact me yep yeah no ed's not the world's best grandparent for sure unfortunate. Uh, but we'll get more on that later uh so margo gets an american hamburger delivered to her room and savors it hamburger and fries been a while i assume she's been eating a lot of pierogies and stuff I like how she scrapes the mayonnaise off with uh, <laughs> like, oh, God, mayonnaise. Yeah, you can order it that way, Margo, right? I would think so. That's a terrible catered hamburger. But I guess like that's I, I the point. Imagine it's just the way she likes it. Yeah. I looked at the meat patty and that's very institutional. That didn't look like it was, you know, yeah. grilled by a chef or anything. That that looked like it, you know, came out of a bag, went into the freezer or went into the microwave. But, I had bad room service, but I stay sometimes at shitty hotels. So <laughs> she's not. She's staying at a good hotel. I'm thinking if you've had eight years and not but hot borscht and stroganoff and you wrap mm-hmm. your lips around the world's shittiest hamburger as an American, it's got to feel pretty damn good. Like it, like a, yeah. it's a a bad hamburger has got to be, you know. I, I, I mean, I'm so last, fucking tired of pierogi. Last episode, they showed her literally walking beneath a waving American flag, but I felt like her true homecoming was this scene right here. We didn't because I, I I probably wasn't in the right headspace, but like I, we didn't talk enough at last episode about how great that last scene was where it's like she's walking under old glory, flapping menacingly above her like a literal line to cross. And she looks up and it's the, you know, the 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 the, the, the ah shit, something Molly Cobb, Molly Cobb Space Center. And it's like, mm-hmm. ah, you know, her confront one of her last great, vil, you know, uh, uh, uh 
the, the rivals, right? It's it, it is manifestly an uncomfortable place for her to enter. And yeah. then they keep applying the prickly pressure in this episode. It's and it's one thing they're doing well. Honestly, Margot's plot is has been, I think, pretty great all season long. Maybe up until this episode, we'll see. We'll and, talk about uh, the stuff at the end. What's the latest? It's it's, it's is it Margaret Wren? Is that Thu's? Uh, uh, it's something. It's Wren. definitely Wren. I don't remember her first name. I really noticed this this episode that like everything about her performance works like the voice, the physicality, the makeup. It's like one of the rare, really good makeup jobs because she's extremely young. I don't even think she's 30. Yeah. Um, really? And she wow. if, if she is, she's very early 30s and she's convincingly pulling off. She's pulling off at like a 60 ish year old woman better than I think Ed's pulling off a 75 year old man for sure. Yeah. And she doesn't look like a bear doing it. So Rin Schmidt, I got the first Rin and last Schmidt. name. Yeah, Rin Schmidt is the the latest. She's doing uh really good work, and yeah. she's also forty. Fuck me, I did. I got the nothing. <laughs> Californians, man. Ringo Schmitty, who's eighteen years old, and we're introducing <laughs> her on this podcast. Turns out, <laughs> uh. uh. All right, let's go back up to Happy Valley. We're going to jump back and forth here. Uh, Dev and Ed bring their equipment request to Miles, and he says it's going to be a problem getting it through the Happy Valley dock. And Dev asks him, what's cooler than a million dollars, Miles? And he knows the answer. (laughs) And so he agrees to help. I buy the Milosha's vulnerable to this form of attack. He's... Oh, yeah. He's a a greedy idiot, okay? So, yeah. Yeah. What's what's cooler than a million dollars? Give me the million dollars. You know I don't even want to answer that. Just give me the million. I'm good. If you, any of you are caught and you don't successfully capture this asteroid, you are like like they have to reconvene the Hague. Like you're going to be tried for like crimes against humanity. Yeah. Uh, and no no one mentions like that. It, it, it it's inter- no, no. I feel like no one talks about the stakes about like how rogue they're going. You know. This is like IBM defrauding the U.S. government on some kind of, you know, imagine like in World War II if they had defrauded the U.S. department for like $50 billion or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's that except for you're stealing from the entire world. Um, and and the stakes are not limited just to this asteroid heist. It's the aftermath, too. Deb has to successfully navigate an independence for Mars with a security a whole security team of nasa goons up here uh, with you know a very pissed off well-funded well-established planet uh and they can't they can't capitalize they can't mine this asteroid without earth's help and involvement which i would assume is going to be the roi 40 plus years in the future and maybe even longer because mars is probably going to take a lion's share of the roi uh, yeah, so it's I not don't... just we stole the asteroid, haha, and we get away scot free. It's now we have to negotiate for yeah. our freedom, and yeah. and the spoils of this thing, you know. So yeah, when and Earth could just reasonably <laughs> like, well, we'll just send the security team and we'll take all this shit over, and and you can try to resist us with your plastic bullets, but uh... and then <laughs> also says, the valuable thing is in orbit. We could always nuke you from there, and mm-hmm. what are you gonna do? Like, I it's it's. It's hard for me to understand how they're going to keep the hand in this relationship. Like, what poison yeah, pill totally. are they going to insert into this to, to make NASA back off and to make... Uh, not just NASA, all of Earth. 
like any one of the mm -hmm. M7 countries says bullshit and they try to go after it. Like it's yeah, it's it's going to be a hell of a, the, the final couple episodes. It seems like I mean maybe he's just betting that Earth won't want to invest the money in it. You know, there's no ROI in fighting a war with Mars. The ROI yeah. is with working with Mars. I, I don't know. I, I think if they had more time, it would have been interesting to see Miles be antagonistic because he'd be like, you know, your fucking labor movement just is like made everything I'm trying to do up here so much harder. Yeah, like, well, my, I my fucking liked Ilya and you stole his entire business, so fuck you, do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, he Miles has no high ground to stand on at all. No, he he's, doesn't, he's but, a he has bag, a, but he has a selfish interest and it's almost like, yeah, totally. I, all things equal, I'd like to help you, but I just can't. Like, he should be like, fuck you guys. Your stunt, your labor stunt has, like, it ate in my bottom line. I have to, like, you know, I got to well, watch I, I my back for Ilya. I gotta... Right, his, like, oh, yeah, you know, this is so risky is his way of saying, pay me. Yeah. Like, this is going to cost you big time. And he, know Dev's, he knows Dev can pony up, so. I hope he's got it in writing. Right. And even then, <laughs> yeah, with with a Martian governmental stamp on it, I like, yeah. yeah How's he gonna get paid from a company that's gonna be owned by the U.S. government at, after this or something? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, know. they got the asteroid, and they got a functional moon, uh, Mars, Martian base. But like you said, it's it hasn't achieved independence from Earth, and it's not they it's not all oh, way more independent except for iridium we could really use some iridium it's like they they need a uh like a, a fucking corn and wheat asteroid that they could find uh because was it yeah, like it really irked me when they cut open that bag of cornflakes i'm like that could have fed five people for two days or something sure. like oh, holy sure. shit man you don't want to waste food on mars but okay no, I wonder if there will be any of like the like the fact that they've misrequisitioned all this stuff. I wonder if that will cause problems. All this evaporated milk or whatever they're just dumping mm. out onto the floor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know, but yeah, that's the thing. I mean, there's there's going to be fallout yeah. from this. I assume Miles is thinking. I would hope that Miles is thinking bigger than I'm just going to get a payday on this one job. Like what Dev is telling him essentially without saying it, I think is the thing that I was talking about. Hey, you could become the legitimate business or, or, you know, go to arm for the Martian economy here. If you're willing to support us in this. Well, I wonder, I mean, cause this also, I mean, I know we talked this a couple of weeks ago, but like, you know, the founding fathers of this country were a good portion of them, like bootleggers and, you know, black market traffickers and, you know, ne'er-do-wells. And I wonder if they're, like, saying that, like, this is how nation-states form. Mm -hmm. Like, there has to be, at some point, a a smash and grab of something or, you know... I mean, you don't get a revolution without breaking some laws, so... yeah. Yeah, yeah, like this is a colony that's not got a native population to brutalize, but it's a colony that that that's got a labor population that they can brutalize. And at some point to become independent, you got to you got to throw off that yoke. You got to which involves essentially theft, stealing things, uh, violence. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, they might they, they might just be showing it like, yeah, he, this is uh, miles here might be known as like uh he might end up being the governor, like one, the third governor of Mars. Yeah, 
You know, totally. he might be a great man in Martian history, and uh-huh. he's just a fucking idiot. So starting out as a thief and a and a thug. Yeah. 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 Pretty sure that's what they're doing here. Uh all right, let's talk about Ed admitting to Dev that he and Alex haven't clicked yet. And Dev tells him a story of the time that he broke his old man's Gemini model, so his father made him rebuild it. And it turned out to be a bonding experience, and he advises Ed to share his passion with Alex, which I think is great advice. Don't force it on him, though, because I feel like Ed's the type of guy to force it on him. Like, hey, we're going to sit down and read this book because I love it. You're going to build this model because I love it. But it's good advice in general. If you break down the heartwarming story here, Dev played with his father's toys. He broke one. His father came home and beat him. That's what peeling the bark, the bark off. Yeah. Put to, uh-huh. to, yeah, that's that's whipping your ass in a in a literal uh-huh. sense. Uh-huh. And then uh, it, as the tears are drying, he's like, "Now sit down here and remake this fucking model. That's not a kid's model. This isn't a Lego set, you little shit." And uh, I don't know. It's like pretty abusive and traumatic, but you know, a lot of. A lot, of, a lot of father and son stories end up that way. Um, <laughs> so here's my question. Is he drops this thing at the end about these birds that migrate backwards. And I, I had some time this morning. So I did a little look in this. I'm like, oh, I wonder if there is some kind of... This is a real thing that some birds, because they get confused or because they have a... You know, because all this is hardwired. You know, it's very... There's a few bird species, I guess, that learn from their parents larger like swans and eagles and things like that. But most of the smaller birds are, they just have these migratory routes inbred into them. And sometimes you got a genetic mishap and they migrate backwards. The vast majority of these birds die. The Wikipedia (laughs) article on this says most of these lost young birds perish in unsuitable wintering grounds, but there's some evidence a few survive and either reorient or or are able to reorient themselves in successor of winters um, or habitually return to the same area. It's not like, oh, they just want to go back to see where they came from to know where they're going. And I wonder if you're supposed to take this as the colloquial, funsy kind of way that Deb's using it, or if the showrunners expect you to either know or look it up to know that he's actually saying a bunch of bullshit. And the vast majority of people that try this get get fucked. Yeah, I mean, that's also true, right? Like, And Dev is the exception. Dev's the guy who's tried a, uh, some really big swings and he's flown backwards and every time it's worked out for him, luckily. Yeah, because when he talks about his partner being like, oh, my partner's too, he's like, he doesn't see the hundred other futures where they listened to him, they charged ahead and lost their shirts, mm-hmm. you know, lost mm-hmm. their garage and everything. He just sees the the singular course of action that led them to become billionaires. And Yeah, you know. no, he, he ran the gauntlet and ran it with a hundred other people and he's the one that made it through where 99 are lying dead on the floor so which is a problem common to a lot of billionaires it seems that they just think that holy fuck we are infallible geniuses rather than just anything really he really it, rather than just yeah, being yeah, lucky yeah. yeah 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 it was his brilliance that saw him through it instead of just you know being a statistic essentially Right. And I'm not saying they're stupid or he's lazy or whatever. It's just that, like, no. you know, hard work and talent is one of the ingredients you need to succeed. You need a healthy dose of luck. And anyone else, anyone trying to tell you otherwise is full of shit. 100%. Yep. Agreed. All right. Aleda is approached at her home by Sergey. And Sergey tells her the details of what happened with Margot and the KGB. Uh, Aleda is hearing him but doesn't know how to forgive Margot. 
And Sergei reminds Elena how much Margot helped her and asks her for her help to speak with Margot. Get a message I, to her. That that's a great that's that's such a great point Elena makes where it's like sometimes you know you probably should or it's understandable, but like God, I just don't know how. There's been too much shit. I I don't know how yeah, to heal my heart. You feel the way you feel. Yeah. And, and how how do you change your feeling on something? You know, it takes just and again, time and reflection and interaction and if i was if i was bill and i wanted to buckle it up here i'd be like look yeah margo maybe didn't have a choice in that hotel room with sergey's getting strangled out right in front of her but she for damn sure had choice after choice after choice after choice for decades that mm -hmm. she did you know like you know the whole chestnut of like if she only gone to the fbi none of this would ever happen she, when when she still had those choices she wasn't taking him now she was being manipulated the entire time, but still, like I don't know. When you're talking about betraying your your country to a, to a, a, a rival antagonist country, that's a pretty pretty fucking white bright white line to cross. Yeah, I mean the the way I remember it is they boiled that frog. They boiled the Marco frog, right? They yeah. asked her for very specific stuff that wasn't really government secrets, but was behind it the was back to, to help a combined mission and to, yeah the and so now they have a little bit of dirt right they built up that dirt on her that they could use to blackmail her and eventually they asked her for the big favor and yeah she was at that point too in bed with uh her own secrets and with sergey to yeah. say no so yeah she could have said no at any point but you know where's the line right like the line if you don't think you're doing anything that's really bad, then the line can keep going out further and further until you eventually realize, oh shit, I crossed it a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and like I said, there's, yeah, where where is that line between, you know, given the Russian, their, your fusion engine technology versus, oh, well, yeah, we, our valves work this way because it keeps the CO2 mix just right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've, feel somewhat sympathetic for Margo, but also I, I think at some line. point before you get to the complicated uh, equation jazz album based communication system with your Russian friend. Yeah, that's uh -huh. probably when yeah. you've gone too far. <laughs> Once but... you realize you're speaking in code and you don't want uh -huh. anyone to know what you're doing. Yeah, right. You're hiding things from the FBI. Yeah, that's that's probably when you're when worried that your underling is going to discover your <laughs> your plans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, let's go back up to Happy Valley where Ed is reading a book when Alex wakes up and says that he's scared of Ed because he looks like a bear. Uh, and so Ed reads his book to Alex to calm his fears. He's reading The Sand Pebbles here. What a fucking book to read to a seven-year-old, by the way. Right. <laughs> it's like, I when he said oh, it's just about a sailor, I'm like, is he going to go in the Moby Dick? And I'm like, oh, I don't recognize that. And I'm like, oh, it's this, I, without even looking, because I remember him trying to read Sand Pebbles. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And we had just, I, what, did we cover that? Did we cover that movie earlier this That's year? A few months yeah, yeah uh, our producer shaking mean, head like, yeah, I, I think it was earlier this year or last year for sure. Um but it's like that's a wild that's a wild book and you know he's sharing his passions he's passionate about uh the sand pebbles i guess i don't know yeah just the, all the things you'd have to explain to a child about oh my god 
the the history and the setting and uh you know what's a coolie grandpa yeah i guess there's just like a lot of a lot of stuff going in there oh yeah uh do you think that ed will shave moment. yes i think next episode I went through ed this is shaved with every one of my nieces no one in their family other than me has a beard and you know i live uh three hours away so you know i'd only see him three four or five times a year every single one of these damn girls would be terrified and, or to or to stand offish from the age of like 18 months to like you know right about alex's and they, they've always warmed up to me but like yeah that's huh. a lot of pressure like i i wonder if uh, and the way he was looking at himself from the past and he was clean shaven until I, I wonder if we're going to see a clean shaven old ed and that's going to be yeah the, the, is, is that their way of like shedding some of the unsavory aspects of his yeah the unsavory that... fake beard that they've been using this entire time that's <laughs> well, what they're gonna shed yeah no, his makeup no, will think... improve 50 percent by shaving this thing but I, I do wonder if it's like <sighs> this is the old ed he's he's back and and maybe we had some problems with him this year but he's space pirate maybe... ed and we like him now i i, I don't but know it, that it seems... shaving is gonna get him there i need i need actual action beyond Granted. grooming <laughs> you know <laughs> There are some real good-looking assholes out there. <laughs> Bleached, no doubt. Do you do you think that? Uh, so, so you th- what, do, do you like the do you like the the shaving theory? Where yeah, fifty fifty yeah. on it. No, almost hundred percent. I, I like. I'm okay. at ninety. That's what 90% I think too. Here. I'm ninety percent sure they're going to shave that next episode. I think maybe the next time we see him, like he just comes out of his quarters, he's shaved, and everybody's like, oh. Ed shaved. When does Kelly find out about this? Because Kelly's going to come back like Donald Glover in that one community episode with the box of pizzas and yeah, like Happy yeah. Valley's on fire and like what the I I went on a three day mission <laughs> and now you're stealing from Earth. You're stealing twenty twenty trillion dollars, ten trillion dollars. No, twenty trillion dollars. And from my Earth? child is an accomplice. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, it's my, it, my she's child's come the bagman. Yeah, it's going to be crazy when she gets back, man. Uh, and let, let's talk about her. She, where she's over at Korolev Crater. Uh, they're setting up the robotics equipment. She's just drinking in the moment, uh, the the landscape here. Which, I don't know if they embellished here with some CG or what, but it is bright as shit over there. This is what this fucking place looks like. I looked it up. No, this is a really? no this is a crater on like the transition between, you know, I guess Mars proper and the South Pole. Um so there's a lot of water down there and this uh yeah, supposedly this crater and it looks just like it. If you look it up on Wikipedia, uh has as much water as Bear Lake in Canada. And I'm like, what the fuck is Bear Lake in Canada? Uh, apparently Canada has other great lakes that are not the great lakes. Uh, and this is the, the great bear lake and it's North America's fourth largest lake right behind, I think superior and Huron. And I forget the other one. Uh, it's the eighth largest freshwater lake in the world. Um, and it's like, yeah, I guess this is like a, a popular target for like colonization because there's just so much. And unlike the the South Pole of Mars, that kind of kind of wax and wane, this crater is like stable. It's got like a layer of atmosphere above it that's actually colder than the ice below it. So this ice is ancient and like a permanent fixture until we wow. go to drink it all. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> to piss in it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, 
Wow. And, 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 okay. and, and the other blinding. thing is crazy. Real sense of wonder at this place because it is so bright. The you know the albedo albedo of of water ice is insanely bright. If you've gone skiing, you know this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, these people are pretending they're in one third gravity. Did you notice that? There's a lot of gravity work in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Like I I feel like they only remember that when they're wearing spacesuits. When they're all every on the other surface. time. Yeah. Yeah, like there's this one guy effortlessly uh, like lifting this big crate of thing uh, um, and like just the way they're moving where it's like slightly a, a different gait than that. It's like, God, why? So they know to do it, but the gravity is not caused by the spacesuits, man. No. It's it's it's, it's a fixture of the planet. They yeah, would. you don't go through the airlock and they pump more gravity into it. It's like psh, <laughs> one G established like, God damn, clean this shit up, guys. I know yeah. you can do it now. They would have to do it in every scene on Mars, every scene. And like, that's not that's not an impossible ask. I don't think I, I agree. I agree. It seems like it just comes with the territory. Like when they say, hey, we want to shoot a whole bunch of stuff as if it were on Mars. They say, what are we yeah. going to do about the one third gravity? Yeah. And they go, well, we'll fake it. Yeah. And I don't expect them to like if like you had to have a scene of people running down a hallway. Like, I don't expect to like. But if you're just walking around in a normal thing, like, yeah, don't have Palmer go Ugh, when he picks up Kelly's bags. And and there's just a certain lightness. And it's 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 an acting. It's an acting thing. Like, hey, while you're going about the scene, just remember you weigh a third of what you do on Mars. So just make everything's a little just floatier. Act like little... You're three times stronger than you are. <laughs> Wait, what? How? Hey, I'm 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 not an actor but these people are paid to do it so yeah you know if there was a way to put on chris hemsworth's muscle without showing it they could pretty <laughs> easily do one third gravity but i don't yeah. know it's hard it's a hard thing to film i think a hard th- it's a really hard thing to act cuz man you're just you're asking them to do something that is physiologically not possible right just yeah. be a third be two thirds stronger than you are or three yeah. times stronger yeah, I like I said, I understand it's I but I I reject it. It's asking a lot. Like there's gotta be a way to do it. There's gotta be a way to do it. Like here oh, like there the, is. I mean they yeah, they do they, it. They, 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 they teach their extras they they put their extras through zombie school on AMC The Walking Dead, and AMC The Walking Dead doesn't give a shit about anything. Like how 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 are they more prepared to have people shamble than like, hey, here, look at some here's some scenes of astronauts on the moon. Do you see how they 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 differ from Earth? All right, that's how, I'm, and and here's Earth. Like Mars is like halfway between those two differences. I, I think it's possible. I think it's possible, especially when they're in the space. They have, the other thing that's been driving me nuts is crazy. Like like Ed too often acts like he's in the cockpit of a seven forty seven rather than a spaceship. Mm-hmm. Like y- you know your 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 arms should just kind of like hang. I don't know. I, I ah yeah, this is like a bugaboo <laughs> for me in all space shows. Uh, this is really far away from Happy Valley. Which makes me wonder, why didn't they land here? Why did they go to Happy Valley again? I can't remember. Because if all the water is here. You know, I wasn't prepared to answer this question, but wasn't a big plot point that like I thought they, they found weren't water. supposed to land at Happy Valley? Oh. Because oh, it was like a disaster right. a crash, and yeah. they crash landed and and uh yeah. But but there was water I mean, they knew that there was water in that that cliff. Uh huh. So but there's 6,300, yeah. almost 6,400 from Happy Valley. Wow. I bet it's a real bitch to get solar power there, like at the poles of Mars. You're already Ooh, so yeah. much further mm-hmm. from the from the sun anyway, and you got the dust door. Like, I, yeah, it might be just the, it's just a real bitch get, catching the sun down there. Mm-hmm. Could be. 
Uh, I they didn't traverse this by land, right? I think I saw a lander. That yeah, they had. they had. Yeah, they had to have a shuttle. Surely, yeah, because that would be crazy. Um, you think they're gonna find anything here? That's the thing. I keep looking at Kelly, you know, pondering the majesty of the place and going, "Don't get your hopes up, kid. This is the first exploratory mission to find life on another planet. Your odds are infinitesimal." I do wonder if that's going to be the thing that they cling to for why this international thing resolves in in a nonviolent way, like finding life on another planet is going to just like blow people's minds and chill them out. Because they've they've said that this would change everything. And we and today, like, you know, it's often signs like, oh, the first time we see evidence of extraterrestrial life, like real evidence, it will change everything. It'll change everything. And what maybe they're mean, leaning though? on that. Will it change the hearts and minds of people who are looking to just exploit Mars for its resources and expand? It's not going to change the fucking profit motive. No, no. That's the thing. That's what has to evolve. But it might be something that heads in that direction. I don't don't know. I mean, maybe it could give a temporary uh, head of steam and and a a little bit of impetus to listen to the people who are saying, hey, there's life out there. We should be a little more cautious with this, but but communi- like communicating with an alien, I think, would change things forever. But like discovering Absolutely. a microbe on Mars or Europa or whatever, I know we're preparing a Europa mission right now. Um, I, I yeah, I don't see that changing anything. I don't think that. Yeah, I think partially because just... it feels so inevitable. Like I, I can't imagine there being nothing out there. Like, is it going to be on right. Mars? Who knows? But it's going to yeah. be somewhere, I assume. Yeah, but I, I think they'll be instantly moving goalposts if you discover like microbes on Mars. Like all the totally. people who's like, oh, you're gonna have to change what the Bible says. You have to change what this. And they're just gonna be like, I ain't real life. We'll be back right after this spacewalk. Strap in. We're diving into more for all mankind. Yeah, microbes just make it. Uh, anthropocentric or whatever. Um, yeah, bacteria are they even alive? Let's 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 open that debate back up. Are they even yeah. really living things? Right. Is a plant alive? Sure. Um, I never talked to one. <laughs> so Margo sits in the viewing room at Mission Control, and Leda comes up and delivers updated readings of the asteroid's path. Margo looks at them, finds a post-it note with a formula on it. Uh, grows intrigued and says she'll go over the figures tonight. You'll recall that this is how her and Sergey communicated through these little post-it notes that they would solve and they would say HTE2O equals coordinates on Mars. And in this case, mm-hmm. I think it solves to a time and a GPS coordinates. Yeah, there was a, a west and a north, if I remember correctly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, telling her where to meet him and what time. Longitude and latitude. Uh, yeah, we'll see that here in a bit. Uh, Miles goes over the smuggling plan with his team up at Happy Valley, and they execute with forged requisition forms and swapped out goods, and they get the equipment they need through security and unload it in their makeshift op makeshift opscom called Ghost Ops. Unfortunately, they're missing their fake discriminator, it went to this cure lockup, and Miles says, well, there's an intake vent, but we're too big to get through it. Darn. Stymied. And they give up. Plan is off. Oh, no, I'm it's kidding. Such a, it's such a bummer. Um, So I had a few... I This felt 
I, I, I was sitting there, especially on subsequent watches, thinking, do I buy that this goon is going to just, like, open the thing and, like, oh, yeah, powdered milk? Like, this wouldn't fool a DEA agent at the southern border. Mm-hmm. But those people have had decades of the war on drugs to get wise to all the ways you can sneak drugs into from. But like, am, am I crazy or is it, am I vastly overestimating the skill it takes to like want to be like, oh, okay, yeah, I need you to unload this whole box. I want to see the bottom of this box. You know, it's about like this time, right? Especially Cause, cause, since yeah, you could do that with everything, but it's about time. Is it worth it? Because there's a risk to reward here, right? Like the risk is you hold up everything and it takes forever to get anything. It becomes super cumbersome and annoying to get anything from the supplies. But also the risk there is you let some stuff through. But they're already letting like the vast majority of people through without there. And this is and that's the other thing is like Miles is a guy who just ran an unlicensed hooch distillery. Mm-hmm. You don't know anything else about him, but you know, Might like and scrutinize him a little more scrutinize a little bit more and 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 again like i would buy this if this was like year five and ever and, and it's been forever since there's been a labor disruption or a sabotage or anything and it's just yeah 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 on the eve of an asteroid capture mission when you've had like a hot shooting war between labor and management it it felt a little bit I, I would have almost rather them gotten busted. One of them got busted and then they have to use Alex to get rather than they just, they just forgot to pack the cornflakes in the right box. And oh, now we don't have our discriminator. Mm-hmm. Like I, I it, 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 yeah, I, I don't know. It felt, it felt a little too easy. Yeah, I, I'm with you. It definitely felt a little, you know, Ocean's Eleven. Like it, like this was, this was more of a fun heist than I guess it should have been. Right. Mm. they're having almost too much fun with these scenes and I, yeah. I, I I don't know because they are fun I guess I'm letting some stuff slide but you're you're right like this guy this guy shouldn't be on the team A um, this might have been an opportunity for them to somehow leverage the North Korean relationship I don't know but uh, it does feel like Miles should not be there because Miles just would like- be under heavy scrutiny they forge that there's like, oh, we're going to forge requisition slips. You're going to forge. So they have uh, apparently an entire duplicate of their op center up in Phoenix storage. Mm-hmm. And a person's up there fulfilling these orders. Like no one runs up like Jesus Christ. The Mars just requisitioned all of our backup ops gear. Does anyone want to check this? It's or like, you know. But, but apparently a guy who's just like, well, okay, I guess they're just ordering all their highly secured ops gear at, at one point, you know, and I, it, it felt a little, a little too, a little too easy. This goes they, back to the Quidditch of it all. It's like, did they actually know, requisition that gear? I, I can't, I can't remember. They said say they something wrote, about forge requisitions. They wrote it forge requisitions for all of the gear. And then their guy is going to take it and put the the, put put it all in grain boxes. So that gets it off to and, Phoenix, right? And then to yeah. get it out of the dock at Happy Valley, they have, they to, have to pick it up it. and take it to yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, unless the guy up there is just kind of you you know a a Miles type, Miles right? he dude, wouldn't know like, he wouldn't know comms equipment from uh, uh I don't know uh some 
iPad or something like but like they, they act like this supply clerk up there he's just got unlimited power like he's just like you know there's no there's no check once you get a requisition form that's all he needs to take every bit of gear the most highly secured sensitive gear and they're trusting and he works alone apparently or he's got everybody else bribed up, uh, up, up there I, I don't know I again it's like um I think they're smart to keep this as surface level as possible and and keep it moving. Don't ask too many questions, but or really get into it and sweat the details. You know, yeah, that's the but other way too you late. Could go, they but... would have had the they would have had to ex- like explain all that stuff with Ilya and Miles episodes ago. Yeah, totally. Um, so Ed sends Alex through the vent to get the discriminator, and he gets in the room that the discriminator is up on the top shelf. Uh, Ed tries to call off the mission, tells him to come back, but he climbs up, gets it, knocks some stuff over in the process, but he does get out with the box and Ed tells him nails the backflip in the, uh, in the vault. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, totally. I think one of them could have replaced the discriminator with a duffel bag full of stripper coupons and, uh, they're they're out. (laughs) I don't know. Ed Ed looks like he could have slid through that vent. You push his feet from the other side. There's some turns, some twists and turns it sounded like. It wasn't a straight straight shot. He had to Bruce Willis it a bit. Yeah. He could have done it. Uh, I don't know. I, I thought it was a kind of fun dilemma. You know, you need the small person to get inside, but you need the tall person to get the box. And for a second yeah, there, and they like, just ah, shit. They just had a breakthrough, Ed and Alex. So that kind of like, because you know, if this, if he tried to do this at the first of the episode, Alex would have ran and hid. But now he's kind of wanting to impress Grandpa, or he's warming up to Grandpa. And um, I think that's like the reason that Ed doesn't immediately just ask him, "Well, hey, can you climb up there and get it, kid?" Because he doesn't yeah. want to like push the kid too far, right? Right. He's surprisingly sensitive in this scene. <laughs> I kind of wish if they were going to go with Ed shaving that he had done it between the last two scenes because I think it would have been more powerful for clean shaven Ed. Like, because it's like there's also this, uh, you know, we still have the society's prejudice that like clean faced people are more honest. They have nothing to hide. It's why we haven't had a bearded president for the last hundred fucking years. Um, like, I, I think it'd be interesting to have like Ed shave and then that's that's part of the, the trans. That's part of, you know, he's he's more trustworthy and his grandson. Yeah, I don't know. Less looking like a bear. I want to know who was the one guy that ruined the beard's reputation. Because there had to be a straw that broke the camel's back, right? Like somebody yeah. said, you know what? That bearded guy just S- fucked me so hard. So you listen to S. Grant, that, that teapot dome scandal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That I, I know that there was a teapot dome scandal, but I could not for the life of you tell me what the teapot dome was, why it was scandalous. Hell, it might not even have been, it might have been a Grover Cleveland fuck up. But I just remember, yeah, that's that's that was it. Everybody wow. trusted beards, but they tried that teapot dome bullshit. <laughs> they, What's they, a there was a dome? lot. Is there was the a there, part of that goes on the top of the teapot. I I think so. I think so. I think so. Uh, and uh, there was a lot of political cartoons about it. And oh boy, oh boy, it really really made beards bad, in a bad light. Really put them in a bad light. What, was it like? Was it like the way our president eats a hamburger? Was it like that? Oh, he puts the teapot lid on weird. What a scandal. I think he did He did the teapot dance in front of a foreign dignitary, and it just, you know, I'm a little teapot, short and stout, and Grant <laughs> did that in front of the premier of Russia and just crippled our, yeah, and it's from there on out, beard, you can't trust beards. Wow. 
Wow. I buy it. All right. Uh, yeah, the, the only thing I could think here is, holy shit, Ed is making him accomplice to uh, the theft of an asteroid, and Kelly is going to be so pissed when she gets back. Because this is going to get back to her, right? Like, she's going to walk <laughs> in. Oh, hey, you guys have a good Alex. time? <laughs> right, gonna, right. They, they need a patsy. They need a patsy. He's gonna, yeah. Alex is going to go down for everybody. Put the under his pillow and help <laughs> them find it. You know, maybe we should look Ed's over like, there. Come on. Come on, Kel. His lungs are shot. What do you think? He's got another year or two left. Come on. Come on. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then his hands start shaking and he Don't know, give me that. his pockets. Don't give me that microgravity shit. Mm-hmm. Uh... <laughs> No, but she's going to, I mean, this is going to come out, right? She's, he's going to say, oh yeah, well you were gone, grandpa and I did a heist. We did a, yeah. kid, we did a, we did, we did it. It was fun. He sent me through a yeah. vent. I stole a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I do wonder how Kelly's thing does connect. If it's just going to be like a distraction in the world or is it going to be, is 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 like her robot's going to be into like is 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 dev going to commandeer that um yeah i don't i don't know plus like now that i'm really unpacking this the betrayal of late is going to feel that like dev's like oh i just want to go manage it, and he's going to end up stealing the asteroid for mars you know like and and they they are mm-hmm. the two that put him in the position to do this yeah and i guess he brought kelly along but he's leaving Aleda behind kind of yeah, forget the Gilded Age. It's the Iridium Age, man. Robber Barons of Mars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. <sighs> uh, Margaret decodes Surya's message. It includes coordinates and a time. And she thinks about it and then flushes the note. Is she considering the fact that this could and almost certainly is a KGB trap that she's fallen prey to several times before this? How would the bullfinch have her claw still in Sergei? Is he that deep a sleeper agent? Why do you assume this note comes from Sergei if you're Mar if you're Margo? Oh, I know it's within keeping with their tradition of saying. passing notes, but especially you now that the we... KGB doesn't know that. Well, I mean, let's back it up and be like, how the hell did Margo make it to this diner in the first place? She's got a U.S. Marine and a KGB oh. officer standing outside her door at all times when she's pissed, taking a piss it's, it's at 3 p.m. It's insane that she shows up. I, like, this is the part of the episode where I call bullshit. It's really this the US only part, Marine so I like that the episode, won't, but yeah. That won't sit on his pockets when invited is just going to get real sweepy. He's going to get EB and CP and he's just going to nod at off the same with time his KGB, that the KGB agent does, yeah. Yeah, like... I think it's telling that the show doesn't even give you a plausible like you know she snuck out her hotel room like she 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 braided all of her sheets together and wriggle out <laughs> that, the window like right like that kind of pisses me off though like and I, no one forced you to give her a dual guard man you could just be like right. well maybe the bullfinch the overestimates uh, Margot's loyalty you could have told the story of like the bullfinch being but then that makes the bullfinch look stupid mm-hmm. so you're just going to you know defy gravity at the end Margot's just gonna fly somehow what should have She's happened like, here uh, is he sends this message she doesn't show up he leaves that's the end of it and I thought I, I thought they had some balls like I really the first time I was watching they really played Sergey's kind of despair and kind of like wow gal she's not going to show up and then she does and I'm like yeah and then it becomes I absurd. don't know because uh, like what did we what did Margot really learn that she didn't know before that the bullfinch has been targeting her from the very beginning 
that she was Sergey's handler uh, during that whole op. That's what I'm saying. Like Sergey, her... like was never in love with her. That he was a plant from the very beginning. That was like that's what he said. He's like, she's my handler. Is she sent me to America in the first place? Yeah, I don't know if I would classify that as I never loved you. <laughs> that's a little. That is maybe reading too much into that. But, but Margot, like, that's an inference that she it could might take. feel. Yeah, it might like, feel like, oh my her. god, we never had anything real. It was a KGB bit from the beginning. I was, you were a honeypot. You were a red fucking sparrow. Mm-hmm. You went to the same school Jennifer Lawrence did. Like what? Uh, yeah. yeah. And then he's like, you can't go back there. Well, what the hell is she going to do? Is there going to be appetite at the like State said, Department to stick their neck out for Margot at this point? I mean, if she can give her guards the slip here, why not just give them the slip and run off to Kalamazoo? I don't know. She's just going to go off the grid? Yeah. Go hang out with Jesse Pinkman in Alaska. <laughs> what? The? I mean, she's apparently a master spy at this point. Like she can escape her dual guards. I no, I, I'm being facetious, yeah. but like, I I don't know. I don't know what her path to staying in America could possibly be. Oh oh, giving secrets to the Americans, being being the triple agent. Um. What is what Russia if she, got? What if she tells them about the, the faulty bolts? Is that enough to do it? See, I, I thought you and I both agreed that the Russians came clean on that when they did the investigation. Uh, boy, I can't remember that. That was a few episodes Because Margo ago. said, like, if, if, if NASA sees these numbers, they're going to know that something was up. Like, there's, I, don't, I don't know how you hide... The fact that the bull, you know, it's like that. I, I think that's how she found it. Like she just did the material science calculations and saw oh, this is bullshit. So I thought them bringing I thought that. The, to, I thought the Russians covered it by maybe you know, they a, got a, ahead agreed. of it. No, not not covered it up because I don't think they can cover it up. I think Margaret's right okay. when she says the calculations will reveal. Okay, this was the problem. I, but yeah, I and I assume that the calculations would have been done by now. So maybe you're right. Maybe. Yeah, I thought that that's, that's like maybe a uh, she has. That, 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 that kind of like cooled tensions between, you know, taking care of Svetlana and the Russians um, being forthcoming about their issue with the. But, you know, also it's like it never, Ed's shaky hands never came out either. But maybe you're supposed to understand that, that the Americans, like, ah, you know, we had a guy with shaky hands. Uh, you kind of fucked up the materials. Eh, you know, it's like it's it's kind of like uh, pox on both our houses kind of thing. I don't know, because when the Russians realized that they had fucked something up, they backed off on one of their stances. And I forget exactly what that was. That's when they agreed to the uh, Indian trial of Svetlana, which they also. Oh, have right, right, right. No, I mean, unless there's been like a, a, a just a flash, a news flash that I didn't see in, in one of the newspapers that we we're seeing. Yeah, I guess that's why I forget it, because they never followed anything up with that, which I don't know. That's yeah. fine. I mean, that was just essentially she was a way to piss off Ed and get yeah, him there's... on this other trajectory and to smooth things over between the nations. That There's having. a lot of just-in-time storytelling where it feels like we need Ed to be here. What thing could piss him off? He's got this and that, and okay, we're going to introduce the episode before that it's, you know what I mean? Like, they're working backwards to get, but like, mm-hmm. 
instead of having this situation to kind of organically they the, the pieces emerge they need the pieces construct the pieces and once the pieces have been used well you know so that line has got no other but i don't know maybe i'm being too harsh maybe they got a they, they got a plan that they'll execute yeah i don't know uh we'll see but yeah i, I don't know how margo stays in america <laughs> it's one thing for sergey to say it. it's another thing for margo to do it yeah, it's just like such an inner. I mean, they promised her diplomatic immunity. Like the United States would be in a world of shit if they black ops Margot. And I don't know. Maybe I don't know where the, the appetite she's would got be. Diplomatic it's like if she's immunity. like, you've got to save me or they'll kill me. And right. like, I can see the entire State Department, the CIA, like, ah, damn, ah, shit. And we've got a spy oh, on fuck. Mars. Big yeah. fucking deal, right? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah, we don't care about you. Real uh, politic. But yeah, she goes all in on this because she meets Sergey at that diner. He's about to leave when Margot arrives and she tells him they both have their lives and this can't happen. Sergey says, oh yeah, Arena's the person who destroyed both of our lives. Uh, that might be impetus enough for her. Um, you know, she might, it might not be that she's pissed about this being a setup from the start, but that like, she thought she had something with Sergey and they do. I, I still think there is a genuine affection there. I don't think he manufactured all that. Cause if there's not, he doesn't come out of hiding for this. Right. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't expose himself to this risk to, to warn her. So maybe do that's the agree, thing she's pissed that she blew that up. Do you agree that this reveals that he did not want to rekindle things romantically with Margot, but this is just more of a humanitarian concern of her life from their, Cause like I, I think they were setting it up to like even Margot's expectation is like, oh, you want to, no, you can't. You've got a life, so. you got a wife, and all that. But like, I think Sergey's like, no, 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 I don't want. I'm not here to to fuck you or make time with you. That I'm ship has sailed. You. Yeah, but I I'm trying so. to save your life now. I, I think that Cause, that's because I thought like that was wild in like, you know, the like like in 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 the. Um, that'd be wild for her to for him to like cast off his faux margo just because the real thing is alive and <laughs> he's gonna need one hell of a fugue state story when he gets back though because <laughs> like he's gone yeah. multiple days yeah just without any notice to his wife at all yeah like he's like going to school and he just like took a took a right turn there instead of uh, left yeah yeah he can't really be like oh yeah i was going to save my ex's life who is your ex uh mm-hmm. Don't ask. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, Moscow Ma- Margo. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But, but wait, I thought you've been a high school teacher for 30 years. Mm. <laughs> anyway, oh, uh, final scene here where Ranger flies out to the asteroid with Sam looking for her opening to swap out the Discriminator, which is right in the middle of Opscom. Just right there in the center of the bridge. And Palmer, Palmer strapped in holes in her. Uh huh. Like he is locked in. I, I I noticed that he is not looking at anything but her, and she's not even near the discriminator. No. And no, I was sitting there thinking, like, how is she going to do this? And they pan up to her face, and she's like, "Fuck me!" And I'm like, and then they cut the black. I'm like, "Wow, it's yeah, a good place a good to place. cut it because I mm-hmm. can't even." And it's a cruel place to cut it because now we're going, now we're two weeks ahead. Ha ha ha. We have to wait two and a half weeks to see the next episode because that's when we'll be getting together Well, in, in real time and recording it. Uh, I mean, and, we have to wait two and a half weeks to record that episode, not to watch it. 
Well, it's got to watch it immediately after this. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But then, then, so now you got to wait three and a half weeks for the finale. I know. You're just time shifting yourself <laughs> yeah. into a more fucked up position, time man. Time shifting your pain. Uh, they're doing the low grav effects here. Essentially no grav. I mean, I know they're well, under thrust, but I don't should, know the direction yeah. of the thrust. Yeah. But it seems like very light thrust. And they yeah, talk about how any. weak these ion en- or plasma engines are, so. True. Uh, yeah. They sweated the detail uh, there, but that's it. Yeah, they have to. They start hanging out in zero G, just standing. I'm. <laughs> I'm gonna... There's, there's no, awesome needle drop like there was last time. But I feel like the fuck me is just as good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I felt like the episode, you know, overall, kind of warranted that needle drop. I'm super excited. Uh, going into a heist. Uh. You know, having having it, it's sort of delayed gratification here, but I think it's going to be real exciting next episode. Yeah, I mean, out of nowhere, they've gotten to the point where you kind of expect uh, For All Mankind to be late the season, where it's like, look at all this moving parts heading to one direction at, at cross mm-hmm. purposes. How in the hell is this ever going to be resolved? So... And then the out of nowhere is kind of a problem, but also now that we're in it, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for it. Let's do this. Like I said, there's there's been mistakes made along the way, but that's the the great thing about television is if you make those mistakes, you're probably going to lose people along those ways. But the people that are left, you know, you you can forget that. Like, hey, I weren't weren't exactly happy with how they got to the organized crime thing. We weren't very happy with how they did this, that, and the other. But like, if we're happy with the asteroid being success- stolen, then I think. We'll have fond memories of it. It's all going to be, yeah, it's the next two episodes. Like, this whole season, um, I, I, I don't think it's going to be a failure. But, like, um, if we want it to climb back to where it got in season one, two, and three, uh, the next two episodes are where it's going to happen. Yeah, next one better be a banger. Uh, X promised me something. He said he was going to give I, it to me, and I want it, goddammit. I was going to get something, X, <laughs> and I, I want to, I, I, yeah, I want you to get me. I want to yeah. be got. That's it. All right. As as we mentioned, we're not doing feedback this week because we recorded these in advance so Jim and I could spend some time with our families over Christmas. Uh, please send your feedback. Get that stuff queued up about how you think the the last two episodes have gone and your predictions for the next episode at fam at baldmove.com, fam at baldmove.com. If you want to see what else we're doing here at Bald Move, great way to find out is our social media because, man, we got a lot of Christmas content, a lot of stuff coming out, a lot of movies. Uh, follow us everywhere at Bald Move, except for TikTok. We're at Baldest Move there. And finally, if you'd like to support what we're doing here, get ad-free feeds, uh, access to some of that bonus Christmas content we've been doing uh, this year, by the way, movie reviews for Scrooged, uh, Love Actually, 20th anniversary of Love Actually, 25th anniversary, 30th anniversary of uh, You've Got Mail, uh, all that and more for club members. Support.baldmove.com, and we'd appreciate that, your support. But yeah, that's going to do it for this episode until we rejoin you guys in the new year. Uh, hope you have a happy holidays and a happy new year. We'll see you then. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Bye, Bob. <laughs> <laughs>